The Writer's Room, a 7th C podcast, is endorsed by Chaosium, Inc. For more information, visit www.chaosiuminc forward slash 7th C. Hello, friends. Come on in. Today is a bit bittersweet, because this is the last article in the first manifest of La Rosa Blanca, and I wanted to take this time to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to this story, to learn how to play 7th C with us, and to be a part of our narrative. Our friends, our listeners, our co-workers, our family, our deckhands, our scallywags, our cabin kids, and officers V, Keith, Covington, Nightingale, and Stuart. Thank you very much. As we've stated before, I would have done this regardless, but it's wonderful to have such a great community behind us, helping this ship run as smoothly and as beautifully as possible. You make Hawthorne very proud. So truly, thank you. Thank you so very much. Now, before I get too emotional, we all know it has been a wild and crazy and chaotic and dramatic time for our boys. And we also know that all good things must come to an end. And so, settle down, get comfortable, grab your tea, your stuffy, and whatever it is you need as I open the first manifest one last time and finish the tale of La Rosa Blanca. <clears throat> Article 38 Down Among the Dead Men Somebody roll me a d10. Sorry, that's a one. That's a one? I rolled a nine. Can we balance that out to an eight? <laughs> We're going to take the nine first and then the one later. Oh, good. Oh, great. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. It is very, very early in the morning. The sun hasn't even risen yet. It is just in that pre-dawn, lavender gray, slightly orange phase. Wayland... You are woken up by slight movement on your shoulder. Somebody's mm. kind of shaking you slightly awake. Wayland. Mm. Wayland. What? All hands. I, I don't mm. quite know what that means, but... Oh, shit! Really? Wayland's, like, already out of bed. Boots oh, on, okay. like, right, throwing okay. on a slacker. <laughs> I'm not like, sleeping in again! Like, nope, <laughs> I refuse. Like, shit, fuck! Elliot actually holds up your coat so that you can put your arms in it as you're like putting on one boot. And yep, a hundred percent. All right, okay, all right, come on, let's go, let's go. Tossing on his vest and everything like that. You guys head up to top deck. Jesse, there's a knock on your door. Uh, good morning. Yeah, yeah. Who is it? Agnes, sir. Good morning, Agnes. What can I do for you? Charles is here. All hands, if you would. Yep, I'll be there momentarily. He stands up and he gets ready. Luciana is awake, but sleepy. 
her cheek feathers are all like poofed and every once in a while she'll lift up one of her feet to hide it in her poof and then like, you know, put the foot down and kind of nod a little bit and then shake her head. And you guys head out to the main deck. Cosette comes out of her quarters wearing her nightgown, which is a long chemise with golden accents. And one of the legs is tied off at the thigh, so we can see her full leg and everything. Roz is kind of laying lazily in one of the hammocks that he has strung about the rigging. Hawthorne is wide awake and bushy-tailed. Probably the only one who looks like they are up and ready for the day. Wayland was still in a blind panic until they stepped on deck and then saw that everybody else was still in their sleeping clothes Mm -hmm. and their pajamas and somewhat disheveled. And Jesse arrives after (sighs) Wayland. Okay. Everything unclenches. Jesse is fully dressed. Jory's doing that thing where, like, his hair is a mess, and he's, like, scratching his stomach. He doesn't have a shirt on. He's just wearing a pair of slacks. When Agnes comes up next to him, he's kind of holding his chest a little close. God, I should have put a shirt on. (laughs) Shit. And Agnes is wearing her coat. Waylon just has their hair up in a simple ponytail. Can you put it in a ponytail? That's the best that it's going to be. Okay. There's no braiding it. There's no anything. It's just a ponytail now. Even Ursa is up here. After everybody has come up from below decks, she is seated at the top of the stairs. Just her head and her arms poking out. Ursa, by the way, for those who haven't seen her, has seemed to have gotten larger. She encompasses the whole entrance to the downstairs. Oh boy. As you guys are grouped together, Charles is on the opposite side of all of you. He looks like he hasn't slept, and he is holding himself rigidly, but also with that authority of, I'm the bosun, I've gathered you all here. Good morning to you, Mr. Radford. Charles nods his head and says, Aye, tis. You sleep well? No, no I didn't. As I'm sure some of you know, Charlotte's real sick. Everybody looks as if they're holding their breath waiting for Charles to say if she survived or not. And Charles takes a deep breath and finally says, She's awake. Her fever's gone. There is just a huge relieved sigh. It's almost as if the Rose herself has sighed. That's wonderful news. Aye, it is. With that aside, there is some bad news. She, uh, still has a broken leg, and she tried to put out the flames on the wall with her hands. So, she's out of commission for a good long while. Right now, little Lottie needs me more than you all do. So, consider this my resignation from bosun duties. Until Charlotte's better, and... I'm better. I know that goodbyes are real hard, but it's not a goodbye, it's just... Farewell for now. Why? It starts with Agnes, and then Cosette, and then Roz, and then Jory, and then Boots, and everybody moves forward towards Charles. 
and Agnes hugs him first, and then Cosette puts a hand on his shoulder, then Roz comes up from behind and gives him a big ol' hug, and Jory hugs another side, and everybody just moves in for a big hug. Wayland and Jesse, you notice that it was really difficult for him to say this. He was very afraid of what they all would think of him. And there's just instant relief. And he is slightly tearful. Even Ursa pulls herself out of the bilge area, comes forward, opens up her arms, kind of grabs everybody, hugs them. Then she moves away. She goes back down to hide herself as the sun is starting to rise. Everybody gives their farewells or says, you know, well wishes. Klaus has small little care package to give to Charles. Then before he moves to go to his quarters and clean them out, he looks at the both of you and he holds out his hand to you, Wayland. Wayland grabs him by the forearm and pulls him into a hug and does the half hug first and then gives him an actual hug afterwards. He hugs you. You sure you're all right? (sighs) I'm not now, but I hope to be. I think this is the right choice. And you know that you are always welcome back. I know. You take care, right? Right. Do you need anything? You let us know, all right? I will. You need us to go and fetch something for you. I'm sure that that wouldn't be too difficult. You'll be the first to hear of it, I. Okay? Aye. Then he looks at you, Jesse. Charles. Sir. He steps forward, doesn't reach his hand out, slowly and carefully extends his arms out and embraces him. Charles was not ready for that. And while he was holding back most of his tears when the entire crew hugged him, he cannot help but let a few sobs escape. Eventually, his arms also come up to hold you. And he says, only loud enough for you to hear, I'm real sorry. In no stretch of any imagination should a man have to go through what you do on a daily basis. I could not imagine. And for that, I'm sorry to have pushed that further than it should have gone. And he steps back and he pulls out the dagger that Charles almost threw. I think I have learned not to fear as much as I did. And I encourage you... Any time you start to feel that fear, any moment you are afraid, embrace it. Hands it to him, held first. It's what makes you strong, Charles. It's why you have been my friend and my bosun for so long. And I will miss you very much. I am very happy for you. Charles looks down at it and laughs to himself. Almost as if he forgot something and only just now remembered it. And then he looks up at you and says, as he's wiping underneath his eyes, You know, that's the first dagger I ever made. Yeah, I can tell. I made it to protect Charlotte. And it never once left my sight. And last night I didn't even know it was missing. Thank you. I'll take better care of it. And of me. And he accepts the dagger. I don't know when we'll be back in Aragosta. I have some hunting to do. And... Hmm. Guess what I'll be saying is that I'm not... I'm not gonna leave you here. 
Oh, I know. I'm not going anywhere. Whenever you're ready, and when I'm ready, I'll be back. Yeah, I know. Take care, alright? Charles. Hi, Jesse. I want to be very clear about something else before I go. What's that? You are not required, by any means, to forgive me. You don't have to say anything. I just want you to know that you do not need to do that. And if you feel like you do, save it and tell me the next time we make part in Aragosta. I appreciate that. I want my forgiveness to be earned. That's how it's meant to be, oi? Yeah. Same goes for you. I don't want you to forgive me because you feel like you have to. Ironically enough, Charles, I do forgive you because you are doing everything in your power to protect that girl and there is nothing nobler than that. You might have lost yourself a bit, but it always was for the right intentions. And for that, I could never fault you. I'm just glad I had someone to pull me back from the abyss. Well, that's her job, isn't it, as your sister? <laughs> Too right. Too right. Speaking of Charlotte, uh, she wanted to talk to both of you. She's still awake right now. I don't know for how long, though, if you don't mind. I wouldn't miss that for the world. Yeah, absolutely. Go on. I gotta clean up my room anyway. Now Jesse holds his hand out to him. He looks you dead in the eyes, takes your hand, shakes it firmly. Jesse puts his left hand on Charles's hand as well. There is a slight hesitation, but he does also put his hand underneath your right one. So you're both cupping together. And Jesse pulls back. Nods his head and looks to Wayland, nods and leaves without another word. Right before they leave, Wayland puts his hand on Charles's shoulder and gives him a very proud look. He puts his hand on your shoulder, Wayland, as Jesse is walking away and pulls you back just slightly so that you turn around and look at him. And he looks you dead in the eyes and he says just loud enough for only you to hear, you watch him, all right? He needs someone to pull him back from the abyss. As always. Like a hawk. I thought it was an eagle. <laughs> and he slaps you on the back. Go on. I thought you were going to say he slaps him in the ass. <laughs> Just, oh. Good game, bud. <laughs> <laughs> also appropriate. <laughs> you head on over. The door to Miguel's house is unlocked. You walk in and you hear the faintest little noise from the kitchen the sound of maybe like a clay lid moving on top of a jar and a little bit of frustrated noises from charlotte and as you round the corner into the kitchen you see that charlotte is up and currently trying to take the lid off of the sugar canister with these heavily bandaged hands and a big giant splint on her leg, crutch leaned up against the kitchen counter. The bandages are mitts. She doesn't have any finger grip. Oh, oh, oh. She's struggling. Good morning, you little wildflower. Ah, oh, God. Freaks out and kind of falls over a little bit. Grabs the jaw with one hand and catches her with the other. Oh, morning, Jesse. Good morning. And Wayland. Good morning. How are you? That is unimportant. A better question is, how are you? 
Um, I was... I was just trying to... To make some cookies because... Because... Charlotte. And she just instantly starts crying. Oh, oh yeah, no. Big, big, huge hug. And just kind of looking at Jesse with like sad puppy dog eyes. <laughs> big sad puppy eyes. A realization hits him. He looks at the jar. He looks over at the kitchen and looks back to Jesse and just raises his eyebrow. <laughs> Charlotte, you are constantly making sweets for everyone in their darkest times <laughs> to try and cheer them up. Because sweets make everything better. Hey, they do. So how about you get back in that bed and we make you some cookies? Okay? You guys have already done so much. You saved me and you got hurt and Charles got hurt. I can't hear you over the sound of me preparing to make something that will be good, I'm sure. Charlotte, you listen to me. (laughs) There is nothing in this world that Jesse or I or the entire crew of the Rose wouldn't do for you. Okay? Okay. You let us pay you back. Now I have to go because Jesse is absolutely going to ruin those cookies. He does not know how to cook. You and I know that very well. <laughs> and I want to hear no more complaining out of you, young mess. You don't have to be an asshole, Waylon. Damn. <laughs> My cookies aren't that bad. <laughs> They're not. What? Don't give me that look. I think we cut like just a little bit in time to Jesse and Wayland in the bedroom presenting their plate of cookies, looking absolutely like super proud of themselves, but also covered in, in flour. flour. <laughs> and like a little bit of scorch barks. Half of the cookies look really good, but probably taste like really chalky and gross. Yes, a hundred percent. And half of them look terrifying but they're probably really good <laughs> looks can be deceiving <laughs> i like to think that jesse has like a smear of like royal icing on his forehead and Waylon just has these like patches of flower hands just like all over his he's coat. got like bits of chocolate on his cheek from where he's just like shoveling handfuls of chocolate chips not even thinking about it <laughs> jesse stop it get your hands in it. those I are for cooking not- no, no, <laughs> bitter chocolates. How do you like that? I don't know. How do you like being a pain in the ass? Leave me alone. It's 90% cacao. How do you enjoy that? Yeah, and you're 90% a pain in my ass. <laughs> you're 90% shit at this. It's the 10% I'm going for, Wayland. And that's the 10% that's going to taste really good, I promise. Well, let's hope the rather 90% doesn't put Charlotte back in a coma. Come on, Wayland. I'm keeping this. I'm keeping all of this. We cut over to Charlotte looking at the plate of cookies and... One batch had way too little flour. One batch had way too much. Jesse's cookies taste great. They just don't look pretty. Charlotte looks at them and then looks up for both of you and then looks down at the cookies and picks up one of the ugliest looking cookies. Like, this thing does... It, it's, it's flat as shit. It's the squonk of cookies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's trying really hard to grab the cookie, but because of her stupid mitts. <laughs> Jesse picks one up for her because it's very thin and just like feeds it to her. Thanks. Less talking, more chewing. And she takes a bite out of it and it crunches. <laughs> and then she chews it. 
we see a couple of emotions flash over Charlotte's face. The first is, hmm, okay. Oh, wait a minute. Chew it a little bit longer and make sure that's what I'm actually tasting. And then she nods as she continues to chew. It's really good. And then opens her mouth really wide. Ah. Gives her another one. Ow. <laughs> Turns to Wayland and does like like one of those like what <laughs> what <laughs> what what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> Wayland just rolls up. What's up? Yeah, what's up? Come on, it's like shadow box in front of you. Like, come on, third time's the charm, I guess. Come on. <laughs> there were definitely like three whole batches of cookies, two of which had to be. Right out. <laughs> Just out, out they go. They started moving on their own. Like, does the inchworm thing. <laughs> At one point, Charlotte just hears a gunshot from the <laughs> kitchen. Ah, it moved. Is everything okay? Uh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Waylon dropped a pot. Yep. It's Waylon's fault. That's what it was. Very heavy pot. Definitely not an okay. experiment gone wrong. Gunpowder might be a little bit tangy. No, that's not what's your... Don't worry about it. It's baking powder. Jesse turns to him and he's like, come on, Wayland, I thought you were better than this. Is this your sorry excuse for cookies? Wayland looks like he's about to scream at Jesse. Oh, no. It's a good thing Charles isn't here, otherwise I'd have him beat you for that. Pop performance. I might scream. I'm going to, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> They're really good, guys. You did a good job. Thank you, Charlotte. You don't have to lie to Wayland, Charlotte. It's okay. I... Waylon fully has, like, cheeks puffed out, like, <laughs> looks like an angry hamster. Oh. <laughs> the puffs of smoke come out of his nostrils. <laughs> you are just the angry emoji. Yes, exactly. I think they're quite good, Jesse. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. Do you pick one up and eat one despite him? Yes, absolutely. It's fucking garbage. It is acid as fuck. There's way too much binder in it. It tastes like it's made of flour. Wayland's good at cooking. Listen, cooking and baking are two different things. Yeah, I might have fucked up here. <laughs> Did a good job. I'm really sorry. Why are you sorry? One of my jobs is to catch the ashes of the charters when they burn so that we can see them off properly. And when the charters started to burn, I was there to catch them, but all of them started to burn and there weren't any ashes. And I, I tried to use the shell to kind of put it out and and Idetokumbo was yelling and, and before I knew it, everybody was gone and it was just me. It, it was too much. It burnt the shell and I tried to... She looks down at her hands, and I tried really hard to stop it. Sweetie, no. That was nothing indicative of you. Every charter deserves to be sent off, right? Those are still people's lives. Yes. Charlotte, you're, you're right. It's over now. We can always rebuild the bucket. It's been done plenty of times at this point. Yeah. But Charlotte, hmm? we cannot rebuild a life taken. Yeah, I know. And I was dumb. I'm glad you're okay. No, you were not dumb. You were doing your job, and I'm proud of you. Thank you for saving me. I wouldn't have seen it any other way. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to make you a resilient pirate one day. You think so? I know so. And look, and Wayland holds up his own bandaged hands. Now we match. <laughs> <laughs> 
Charles says they're going to be cool scars. <laughs> that they will. That is an optimistic way of looking at it. Lucky Seven says I can make up whatever story I want about them because anyone will believe me. I think the truth is a good enough story. I think you're right. Did Charles tell you his decision? Yeah, he said he was going to help me. Yes. The door to the house opens and closes and Charles steps in and pops his head in. I see there's a mess in the kitchen. He just like looks at you covered in flour and you with chocolate and icing. <clears throat> yeah, that was um, experiment gone awry. I see. A little Lottie, someone made cookies for you. And he looks down at the plate of cookies and then looks at her and then looks at the both of you. He's got, you know, got his knapsack and everything and it's all clean for whoever takes my place while I'm here with her. And he gives her a big smile and she smiles back. Zoe. Yes, Evan? There was something that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. In between last night and this morning, is it possible that Jesse could have taken some of the treasure that he's kept and either sold it or traded it for some decent amount of Gilder? Sure. How much would you want? Depends on how much I can get. I can give you up to three. With Cosette, can I make it four? Yes. With Cosette, you can make it four. <laughs> cool. With the four of that, Jesse puts it into a, like a large burlap sack. He goes back into the other room and picks it up. He, he probably set it down when he walks in. He walks further in and he says, you know, you don't need to live in a life of squalor. Charles gives you a look of like, how, how the fuck do you know that? Because only Waylon knows that. And then looks at Waylon in like, you fucking told him before I could tell him what the shit. <laughs> Waylon just holds up their hands like, Nami, <laughs> don't shoot. Charles and Jesse had many, many, many conversations in the past. So he knew this a very, very long time ago. Super innocent conversations of like, you know, oh, Charles brought home a really cool piece of driftwood and made a bed for me. He's still sleeping on the floor, but he says eventually he'll make something for himself. Maybe it wasn't like a whole transfer all at once. I think over time, Jesse's been slowly trading treasure and pieces of stuff to get like a little fund. Oh. He's saved up like a piggy bank to be able to pass off at some point, and he felt like this was probably the right time. I love that a lot. Jesse, uh, we don't... Quiet, Charles. I want you two to be happy and comfortable. This is something I've wanted to do for a while, and I'm sorry I didn't do it earlier. I hope you'll accept this. So he's got to tie it up, and I think he places it down on the table next to them. As your captain, as your friend, and as a brother. You are both my family, and family takes care of each other. He looks at the knapsack and is just fucking speechless. He opens his mouth several times to say something, but closes it again, because he just does not have words. And then finally, Charlotte looks up at you and says, Thank you. It is entirely my pleasure. I do love that Charlotte has no earthly concept of how much money that is. That'll buy a lot of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It buy all the sugar, Charlotte. 
<laughs> Jesse grabs the brim of his hat. Yo-ho. Yo-ho. And he bows. Takes his hat off. It's a pirate's life for me. Looks back at you and finally says, May the winds always be at your back, sir. May the roads rise to meet you. Both of you. Merry meet, merry part, and merry meet again. And we transition, let's say, back to the rose. So later in the morning. Moon's like, ah, fuck, where do we go get a drink? The bucket's ashes. Again. Do you want a drink this early, Wayland? It's noon. No, it's not. In Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, it's not. I uh, no, you no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You guys head back to the rose, and you are met with Cosette and Mama Coco. Well, hello, you dear. Ah, uh, hello there. Good morning. Mama Coco looks like she has just fucking woken up. Like she got up to go say goodbye to Charles, and then went back the fuck to sleep. You look terrible. Uh, I was worried about little Charlotte, so I didn't get a lot of sleep. Ah, she's doing just fine. Yeah, she's good. Did she make cookies for y'all? Waylon forgets for a moment that Mama Coco can't see and looks to Cosette. Yes! Let's go with that, yes. Absolutely that's what happened. Cosette is peering at you over her spectacles. Rolls her eyes and smiles. Did you bring enough for everybody? Uh, no, dude. I'm just kidding. She's been through a lot. Uh, Miss Cosette, if you would like to take over uh, a bit and tell these wonderful boys why we're here. Of course. So it has come to my attention that Charles, in his absence, has left a position open that we need to fill. Right. Yeah, are you looking to become bosun? No. I only ever want to work on the finances of the Rose. I don't have a mean bone in me. I may have a once in my life, but it is now lost in the waste. <laughs> and she kind of gives you a, a little smile. Wayland is absolutely choking on his own spit, trying not to laugh at that. I had planned to pull everyone together for conversation, so... I mean, if we're going by, you know, who's next down the line, it'd be me. But to be honest, I don't trust Jory with my weapons. He can handle his cannons, but... That lad has some very odd ways that he treats weaponry. I think I'd like to keep my position is what I'm saying. Mama Coco is grinning. Well, he treats his guns better than most men treat other women. So. And that's kind of the problem, uh, though. <laughs> ladies and Wayland, um, <laughs> he puts his hand out. All hands. Yeah, hey, Captain. Captain. And uh, Jesse begins to head to his quarters as he lets everyone else spread the all hands and grabs the charter, a quill and the bowl and some parchment. Does Jesse know whether it's better to just make a new charter? That entirely depends on how you want to flavor this because we know that the charter is magic and because it's going to be changed on the bucket's wall. How do you know how to do it? When the resignation is said and everyone accepts it, I think that's when it is stricken from the charter. Charles's name is faintly there in that imprint form. Right before you're about to leave, you hear a knock on your door. Uh, yes. Who is it? 
Uh, Captain, it's it's me. Hey, come on in. I wanted to uh, discuss something with you. Uh, if we're going over the charter again and we're making changes, I'd like to propose an addition. Sure. What do you got? Well, Elliot's been on the ship for a little while now. He's been invaluable since we pulled him aboard. I think he deserves that. I'm very happy to hear you say that. All right. Yeah, that was was pretty much all I had. It's exciting. Sad, but exciting. Yeah. I think that pins my feeling exactly. Jesse steps out. Everyone is out there in between the center masts. There's like a space for him. I gathered you here this morning on the account Mr. Charles Radford has stepped away from his duties as bosun. Today, we don't replace that position, but we have someone rise to the occasion. I have a candidate in mind, and we'll put it to a vote. Agnes, what say you, my dear? Agnes's eyebrows lift up, and for the first time ever, she is surprised, and then blinks a couple of times and looks at you, Jesse. Well, go on, step forward. She does. Uh, Then her cheeks flush with red, making her freckles disappear. Well, sir, I... uh, Yes? And then she puts her hands on her hips and kind of like nods to herself. Aye. That was easier than I expected. All those in favor. Everybody just instantly puts their hands up and says, aye. Aye. Jory is trying really hard not to just jump up and down with excitement. Then let it be known on this day that I hereby announce Miss Agnes as Bosin of La Rosa Blanca. Agnes walks over to you and holds out her hand. Sets up the little stool table with the bowl and with the quill hands it to her to prick her finger. She takes it and pricks her finger and drops a drop of blood in there. Both of you, because you've seen fey blood before, notice that Agnes's does not look like Audra's at all. Oh, yeah. Her blood is not red either. Can we say that it's like silvery white? The very tips of waves, that pure silvery white that they get. And she pricks her finger and it falls right in. The camera watches her name flare with that same brightness, that same color. Instead of Angora Makun, it now says Agnes. Next to her name, it said Cabin Girl. It now says Bosa. Oh, hell yeah. Now, we wouldn't be here for just one exciting moment. No, today is special. Today is very special. He looks over at Elliot. Mayland is also looking, beaming with pride. Elliot has been patiently waiting at the edge of the gathering and finally puts his glasses up the bridge of his nose and steps forward. What is Elliot's last name? That's a good fucking question. Shit, really? We haven't ever decided nor have we ever asked i could have sworn we had done that you called him the seventh scholar as like a nickname fuck me really so what's elliot's last name guys let me check my list of names 
Where is he from? He's from Avalon. He's from Avalon proper. Okay. Smith. No. <laughs> so common. It's literally the most common English name is Smith. Roberts. I like Roberts. Roberts is good. I, I like, like Roberts. Roberts. Let's go Roberts. Elliot Roberts. I pull you forward on this morning to officially offer you a place aboard our ship. What say you, Elliot? Well, sir, to be perfectly honest, I was hoping that I could talk to you about becoming a, a full member of your crew. I've been here for a little while now, and uh, I did have a chance to stay behind and live out the rest of my life chasing my dreams and dreaming about seeing more Sirnith artifacts, but I came to the realization that uh, there's a chance right here in front of me. Yes. Hi. I'm giving you the chance right now. What say you, boy? <laughs> I, I don't really know how these things... I? Yes? Hi. What say you all? Everybody is laughing and they all say I. I. <laughs> Master Roberts. Master. I humbly welcome you aboard the Rosa Blanca as our Master of Antiquities. Oh, wow. He hands him the quill. Takes the quill and... Just a prick of the finger. Okay. And uh, pricks his finger and drops a, a little bit of his blood into the bowl. And then we see on the charter in very, very beautiful script with elegant swooshes and curls, almost like calligraphy. Elliot Roberts, Master of Antiquities. Waylon looks at it and the thought that passes through his head is, that's not what Elliot's handwriting usually looks like. It's usually just scribbles and... Ah, well. <laughs> and uh, he hands the quill back to you, Jesse. And then uh, stiffly holds out his hand. Glad to be a uh, member of the crew, sir. You've got a lot to learn. And he grabs his hand and pulls him into like a... A nice big embrace. Yeah, oh, he still doesn't quite know how hugs work, but his hand kind of like touches your lower back and pats twice. Okay. Everyone, I think it's time for celebration, don't you think? Aye. I'm going to go make <laughs> our special celebratory dinner. It is nine o'clock, make it lunch. Aye, aye, sir. And he heads off to go make lunch. Everyone is so keen on... They make these meals specific times of the day for good reasons. We're not usually up this early. Yes, we are. We're off practically at this time every day. <laughs> are we? Is that true? Yes, Wayland. Lost all track of time and what time <laughs> yes, is. I know. <laughs> every day. That's why I have people specifically come to wake you up. Yes. And I appreciate that every time. I have the object permanence of a toddler. Oh, you give yourself too much credit. <laughs> You've got what? the object permanence of like a squirrel. <laughs> there is a small scene with Jory coming up to Agnes. Oh, I guess so. You, if, if you're bosun now, then you're going to take Charles's room, I guess. Uh, if you need any help bringing stuff up, I, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be willing to help you. And finally, Agnes looks over at Elliot. Master Roberts. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, M miss Miss Agnes? It's Bosun now. Would you like the room? 
I don't have much in the way of effects. And personally, I don't really like being closed off from the rest of the crew. I'd rather stay where I am. So if you want the room, you can have it. Elliot looks at Agnes and then looks at the room and... Yeah, come to think of it, I have kind of been bunked up with Wayland in the armory. And it, while it is very nice, uh, it, uh, I do enjoy the company. I, Wayland uh, puts his arm uh, around Elliot's shoulders like, Elliot? Uh, yes? I have absolutely adored having you as my roommate. It's great. He'll take it. <laughs> I I will. I will. I, I will take it. Yes. Thank you, Ag- Agnes. That's very, very nice of you. And behind, behind Elliot's back, Wayland's just got his hands like clasped together in front of their face. And it's just, thank you. Thank you. Like mouthing thank you. Like, and it's, a, it's okay because Jory's doing the exact same thing behind <laughs> Agnes. <It's> just- <laughs> Jesse walks up behind <laughs> all of you with four mugs of ale uh-huh. and says, ah, you, what are y'all doing standing around? Take a tanket, go. And what <laughs> happened to it's, it's not That's an new. order, Master Greywell. <laughs> Do not argue with me. <laughs> aye, aye, Captain. I think we all clink. All head down to the, the galley. Head down to the galley and have lunch. What is the celebratory food that you guys... Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's fucking meatloaf, baby. Celebratory meatloaf. You dead ass think it's meatloaf? I dead ass think it's meatloaf. It's called the celebratory loaf. I love that. Yeah, and it's one of the best fucking things ever. <laughs> yes. You guys have celebratory loaf and ale, and the day is just filled with stories and laughter and relaxation. And even Hawthorne is relaxed enough to joke about redecorating Elliot's room and not being like angry about it. (laughs) After a little while, Jory comes in with his fiddle and he begins to tune it. Agnes comes in with a Balrun and Klaus retrieves his hurdy-gurdy. I love that Klaus has a hurdy-gurdy. Of course Klaus has a hurdy-gurdy. Cosette comes in with her violin Roz comes out with a tambourine and stamps twice on the floor, and we get a response back from Ursa as they begin to play. Are you ready, Monsieur Farlecht? Jawohl, Fraulein Marisol. Count us in. Un, deux, trois. Come on, 
Klaus, you madman! Bien fait, Jory! Bring it on home now. Well done, everyone. Close, I didn't know you could do that. I've never seen your fingers move faster. Except maybe that time you were trying to stitch up Wayland. Yeah, yeah. I just want to hear you play it. It's such a strange little box. I haven't heard a hurdy-gurdy in a very long time. I do enjoy the hunting sounds that comes out of it. What do you say, Arsa? <laughs> she says yes. <laughs> all right, all right. I think Jesse finds his way over to Wayland and sits down next to them. So, a new era. I suppose, yeah, I suppose it is a new era of sorts. So much yet to be finished. Wayland raises his tankard. Clinks. What's on your mind? Nothing. Oh, well, that's never true, but I'll take your word on it for now. It's nothing. It's a time of celebration. Hey, it is just a good time of celebration. I imagine at this point, Raz comes over and grabs Wayland up for a dance. Yep. Come on, Senor Grey Wall! Oh, wait! Raz! Raz! <laughs> wait! Oh, come on! Whoa! That is far more swinging than I'm used to. And as Wayland is being pulled off, Jesse just stares at him. Not in any malicious manner. Just looks at him as they tumble and spin and celebrate. Wayland's getting passed off between multiple different people and is just laughing and having a ridiculous time. As the camera goes back to Wayland and Roz and dancing, there's a glint in Roz's eyes as he looks over real quick and then looks at Wayland and spins you and you land in Elliot's arms. Whoa. <laughs> oh, well, I got you. Don't worry. I'm sorry. Do you know how to dance? I have dabbled a little bit in some uh, uh, activities. As it, as it were. Oh, I uh, Mostly just waltzing. Well, then Master Roberts and hold his hand out to get in like a proper waltz position. By all means, you have the lead. It would be my pleasure, Master Greywall. Uh, some waltzing music, please. Jory takes up his fiddle. Cosette takes up her violin. And Klaus gets his hurdy-gurdy ready as they begin to play a pirate's waltz. <laughs> you guys waltz around the deck. And meanwhile, Roz kind of leans over to Jesse just real quick. Ah, see? I knew it. If I was a betting man, I would be very rich. And I would probably owe you a couple guilt. That is why we don't bet on the ship, Capitano. <laughs> Remember last time? <laughs> sure do. Jesse quietly excuses himself from the galley and heads up top deck. Sure. You head up top deck. What's the weather like this morning? You rolled a nine. I rolled a one. You rolled a one. Yeah, we're getting there. I rolled a nine, yes. It's clear. It's beautiful. There's just a slight breeze coming from the south, which doesn't 
cool everything to the point where it's chilly as the sun is starting to reach its zenith and the hottest part of the day is just starting to happen it's cooled it enough where it's not noticeable anymore it's pretty much the perfect temperature not a cloud in the sky or if there are it's the really really faint wispy ones i feel like off in the distance there's just a wall black clouds you can see it out past the claws of Aragosta. The horizon line is a lot more noticeable. A gray wall. Yes, a gray wall. He just walks up to the helm. Port side is facing port, and starboard side is facing out in the harbor. Jesse sits on the starboard side railing up at the helm, puts his feet over the edge, and just swings his legs. Is thinking about a lot of stuff. After a little while of kicking your feet, you hear footsteps behind you. Begging your pardon, sir. Oh, uh, your highness. Good morning. I was calling out to you from the docks, but you couldn't hear me. Sorry, lost in thought this morning. What can I do for you? Uh, I just wanted to see how things were. We're okay. How are you doing? Do you want the honest answer or a quick I'm fine? No, are you okay? I was there in the bucket. Oh, were you now? When it all fell in, yeah. You're right. I'm all right, yeah. I'm okay. It's not the first time the bucket has burned down in my life. Uh, of course, but that is the first time it's been burnt by a charter. Yeah. Listen, your purser there, Miss Mary Soul. Aye. She took my offer on becoming part of the fleet, the courier. She did, yes. It is official. Then in that case, I'd like to officially ask you to be a part of the Brotherhood fleet, if in your willing. I would be honored to join the Republic, officially. Good. That's what I like to hear. How does it feel to finally have the Rose under your command? <laughs> Honestly, old Goes and I had a bet. He wanted to have your mother underneath him when he was king. I bet him 30 gilder that I could get the Rose underneath my fleet in less than a couple of years. And by thunder, I did it. Granted, not in the best of terms, and our start was a little rocky, but I'm 30 gilder richer now. Well, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> it's good to have you part of the fleet. Yeah, it feels good to be a part of something. Now, as you know, the bucket being burnt down and all, not much to be done as far as jobs go. But if you're willing, I do have something you could do for me. Uh, sure. What do you have? I hear that your mother's around. He gets a little pale. Uh, who told you that? She kind of gives you a look and raises an eyebrow. You know how word spreads. Yes. Uh, yeah, of course. I'd like to... <sighs> she rolls her eyes and says, Firstly, as queen, I'd like to invite her back to commend her on all she's done. But more importantly, as a fellow pirate, I would like to talk to her about what she knows. Yeah, um... What is, what is Bonaventure's first name? Jacqueline. Jacqueline, that's right. Jacqueline, um, my mother is not in good health currently. I'm sorry to hear that, Jesse. I guess old age comes for us all eventually. Uh, yeah, I, I will go to her and I will see what I can do. 
If we can't physically meet, you do have the courier system. Yes, that's that's right. Yes. Between you and I, I'd like you to thank her for me. For all she's done. And for raising such a fine young lad as yourself. How old is Bonaventura? She's about your age. Jacqueline, I'm older than you. You're a fine young lad in my eyes. And she takes a big <laughs> swig of her rum, which is in a flask that she carries. Just like I'm a fine young lady. <laughs> you, a lady. <laughs> Couldn't say it with a straight face. Sorry. I was just about to be uh. like, you're going to get shot for that. And then she <laughs> laughed. I was like, okay, we're good. I forget. Things work different here. <laughs> things work a lot different here. You know, if things were to change and you were not queen, I would fight tooth and nail to have you on my crew. If I hadn't have shown up late... I might have been on your crew, but here's hoping. Um, one more thing before you go, Jacqueline. I. Any word from Captain Royce in the Black Betty? Aye, he left right as you did, probably about a day behind you, when you went out to do whatever it was you did there. She's alluding to when you went to go get Mama Coco and Cosette and the Nightingale. Mm, yes. Are, are they Are they well? As far as I know, the Black Betty's the biggest, gaudiest thing out there on the sea. Did they have any information about uh, any sightings of the Scarlet Fleet or any of the ATC about? No. Royce came to me personally and said he needed to go find something he'd been missing for a while. She, she like gives you a, a shrug and raises her eyebrows. I don't know. Maybe it could actually be Betty that we've heard so much about. <laughs> Huh. It's been a while since I've seen him, so I wanted to check in. Seemed fine when he left. Very well. I'll leave you to your celebration. As always, I've got more paperwork to do. I, my apologies. I think there is one more thing. Oh. I'm sorry. She gives you a, a wink and a smile, and that wink is with the blackened eye that is now starting to turn, like, yellow-purple. Like, what is it now? It's more of a personal matter. Well, you're damn lucky I'm on your ship without your permission. <laughs> she guess she laughs at you again and is like, what is it? What do you want? I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for many men, but I'm looking right now for one in particular. Queen Bonaventura raises her eyebrows. Didn't know you swung that way, but to each his own, I guess. Oh, uh, no, not quite. Um, it's more of a hunt. Oh, I see. Business, then, rather than pleasure. Well, it will be pleasure to rid them of this place. But yes, business as usual. Ah, revenge, then. And who is this person you're looking for? What do you know of the name Samuel Flint? Hmm. An old ATC captain. Ring any bells? Ah, uh, let's see. The Bulwark? That does ring a bell. Supposedly sunk by the Crimson Raiders. Supposedly, yes. Now, the name's Samuel Flint. Samuel Flint. She's, like, rolling it around in her mouth a little bit. Takes another swig of rum. Actually, something did cross my desk. It's about the Nightingale. You remember that ship? Of course I do. Intercepted it just a few days ago. You were there. What am I talking about? She looks at the flask. I need to stop this. Puts it away. <laughs> I think he was captain of that ship before he became captain of the Bulwark. Did Jesse know this? I don't know that Jesse did. Did Jesse know that Wayland was the captain? Wayland had said that he had helped to build the ship. 
And so you can assume that Wayland Greywall was the shipwright, similar to Hawthorne's position. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think he might have mentioned to Charles that I had been the captain. Yes. But Charles never relayed that information to you. Charles had a lot of shit going on that did not involve that. <laughs> yeah. My master at arms, Wayland, is... It was the shipwright of the Nightingale. Hmm. Seems to me you should be talking to them about this Samwell fella. Definitely no more than I. From what I've been told, they killed him. Well, then good riddance. Unless... And she kind of looks at you with a raised eyebrow. You don't believe him, do you? I've had a suspicion for a while that what could be considered dead isn't. He's out there somewhere, and I just, I need to find him, and soon. I'm afraid I don't have much more to offer you than that. As much as I wish it was my job to keep tabs of every ATC blue coat toting bastard, I don't. You have a lot of people come in and out of your, your, your... The Red Door? Is that what you're referring to? Or are you talking about my office specifically? Aragosta and the Atabayan. I. Do you know of a way to track someone? To locate someone with sorcery of any kind? Sure. How? Well, there's a couple of different ways. You could use the sorcier to mark, and then have that sorcier walk to wherever that person's been. It's a little bit more difficult, because the sorcier has to put themselves at risk. And if the mark is found out, and washed out properly, then your tracking is as good as dead. What if you don't have a mark? Is there a way to do that less or little? There's a couple of pirates here that have those tattoos there that are a little otherworldly. The Mowu, yes. Aye. I hear tell that if you're connected to a certain person, you can track them and know where they are. But it's very specific. I believe that magic kind of chooses who it is. And it's more of a deeper connection kind of thing. Like family or love or things like that. Hmm. Thank you, Jacqueline. You're welcome, Jesse. Sorry I couldn't be more help. No, I think... I think you have more help than you realized. Well, I've kept you long enough. He sticks his hand out for a shake. She uh, doesn't grab your hand. She shakes your forearm, shakes it twice, and then pats your hand as you're separating away. I will bring you the Rose of the Adepian. Oh... I better go clean my office, then. What office? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Good day, Bonaventura. Good day, Captain Nakansa. As you were. And she heads off. Jesse, from his pocket, pulls out a folded piece of parchment. And he begins to unfold it. And you see his handwriting. And this is something that the camera hasn't seen before. Okay. It is what looks to be a list of names. Oh. Scribbled in ink. A couple of them are crossed out. And the one on the very top says Samuel Flint. Okay. The other two names that aren't hidden by Jesse's shoulder are Gato and Gonzalez. Oh, shit. And he takes it and he folds it back up. He puts it into his pocket. Okay, okay. Just to clarify, Gato as in like 
Yes. Okay. And Gonzalez is in Gonzalez. Okay. Shit. Damn. Yeah, that's a... Uh, hi. This is my surprise face. There are more names on that list. There are more. Okay, Tess has got some shit that he's got planned. Holy fuck. All right. Good to know that Samuel Flint's on the top of the list. Priority number one. <laughs> Maybe like one name above Samuel that's crossed out and then like a couple names, Gato, a couple names crossed out. Do you think on the bottom of the list was even rude or Roderick? Yeah, even rude was probably on there. One of the names crossed out. Jesse, as Queen Bonaventura is uh, walking off your deck down the planks, a colorful thing in the air catches your eye. And you hear the flutter of wings and a bird lands on the main mast. There is a perch specifically for messenger birds to bring you messages and things like that. So this bird, it's a Quetzal. It is a very colorful, green, red, beautiful bird with a very long tail that kind of splits like a sparrow's green head, red chest. Something that you would see from Atslan or the New World. And Jesse, you've seen them very briefly, just like on the islands over there, but never as a messenger bird. Hello there, little one. Luciana was kind of darting around doing her own thing, and she comes to land on your shoulder and cheeps very quietly and then opens out her wings and lowers her head as if she is bowing. Ooh, fuck, okay. And when you're looking at Luciana, seeing what she's doing, and you look back to the bird, there's a person standing there. Uh, oh, shit, hello. Uh, what the fuck? Now they are in a green kind of ranger's hood, the same green as the color of the bird, and a red cropped vest with a tailcoat with two long tails. Good morning. I am Captain Jesse Nakansa. Uh, the why? Who are you? My name is Mesquite. Oh no! Um, hi. What are you doing here? I regret that we could not meet under better circumstances, but I have come with an urgent message. Better, sir. I. Uh, what is wrong? What's happening? And Mesquite is looking you dead in the eyes. There is no mirth, there is no smile, there's no joy when they deliver this message to you. She needs you. Does she, I mean, we're so, we're far away from her. Is, how much time do I have? Can we sail there in time? I believe you have that much. My most sincere Apologies. They bow and open out both of their arms, and when they bring their arms back up, they turn uh, into the Quetzal and fly away. No, 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 no. Luciana is no, cheeping no, very not, softly I'm not, at you. I'm not ready yet. Begins to run down the stairs. So as Jesse, I imagine, bursts into the room. The music instantly stops. With the sudden door opening of the galley, everybody looks over to Jesse. Wayland, seeing the look on Jesse's face. All hands to your stations. All hands! 
Everybody gets together and puts their instruments away and starts cleaning up and goes and moves. Captain, what's our heading? Lunara. My mother. She's... No. She, 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 she. Hey. All right. I'm not... All right. Hey. I'm not ready. Hey, come with me. Come with me. Walk. I'm not ready. I know. We're going to find a way, all right? I, I, I don't... I don't have... We're going to find a way. Jonah. The deal. Jesse. Jesse. Look at me. What? What? If we have to fight him, we will. Says that with all of the confidence that you have ever heard Wayland say anything. If we have to fight him, we will. I can't. Yeah, we have, we have to go. We have to go. Can you man the helm? Yeah. Okay. And he turns and runs blindly. And Wayland stands there for a moment. Mama Coco is next to you, Wayland. Is anyone else in the room? I think Elliot, only because he has no idea what to do with himself in times like this. Right. Elliot, we've navigated it once before. We're going to have to navigate it again and do it as quickly as possible. Right, right, because Lunaro is hit. Right, right, absolutely. Yes, yes. Do you have a map of where all of this is? Of course I do. Yes, of course. Yes. Excellent. He hurriedly just leaves and goes to help Jesse navigate. Wayland is still in the room with Mama Coco. I think Mama Coco puts her hand on your shoulder. Hey, you right. No. Therison, I, I know... I know that I need to forgive myself. I know that I'm working on it. But this... This is still my fault. And there's no denying that. Wait and died. I'm going to do something that I haven't done ever, and I'm going to take a page from Charles's book. Wayland looks confused for a second, and then I think realizes what she means. You don't got time to be feeling sorry for yourself. None of us do right now. We got to get there as fast as humanly or inhumanly possible. You're right. And we got to be there for him. If the worst should come to pass. Yeah, right. We got time later to sit and wallow in our own pity. But not now, right? Yeah, goddamn right. You know, for a moment there, I really thought you were going to punch me. That's Agnes's job now. Ha! <laughs> right you are. Speaking of that, you hear Agnes's voice ringing clear and high. Master Greywall! Aye. Are you done dilly-dallying? Aye, Bozen, I am. Let's go, get to it. And Waylon goes and starts preparing the guns. The sails come down, and immediately as Jesse, like, aims them in the right space, he pulls a gust of wind, and it's just, like, basically airbending into the sails and just, like, funneling as much wind and as much forward momentum as possible and just focusing on moving without pulling a storm, without chaos. Yeah, I like that a lot. He's got the helm in one hand, and he's pulling his hand, and the wind is just moving around him and rising and pushing him forward. An almost immediate breakneck pace. I absolutely love that. I think the rose lurches a little bit forward. We're going to dissolve with the camera rising up from the deck of the rose as it's just churning through the water like a shark through the surf. The sails are almost full to bursting with how much wind is being forced in them. 
Roz eventually just holds steady to the main mass because he doesn't have to do anything other than make sure that the physical sails can hold on to the rope. And we rise and we rise and we rise. And as we're rising, we're tilting from a bird's eye view to a view of the horizon. And those black gray clouds are flashing with lightning and just a gray sheet of rain is where you're headed. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to the mid-reel break. I hope you've been enjoying the episode so far. We've had a lot of laughs, a lot of wholesome scenes, and some really deep heart-to-hearts. But I would love it if you would take this time to refill what you have to refill, empty what you have to empty, and prep yourself for what's about to come next. I myself have a candle lit in the back. I love the smell of it. It's been very heavenly. It's kind of turned my room into the small library that I've always wanted it to be. Fun fact, my candle's name is Small Library. (laughs) If you haven't figured it out yet, this is a plug for Crafty Gamer. Go buy candles because it's great. Get a discount. My candle smells like I'm back in Bermuda, and it makes me deeply, deeply happy. Ah, yes. It is called Archipelago. The arduous journey across the sea leads to a collection of islands shrouded in mystery. And the scent is citrus, honeydew, melon, violet, and oak moss. Oh, love it. And my God, it is delicious. Don't eat the candle. My office smells of... Both a tavern and the Feywild. A Feywild tavern, if you will. I realized that I had actually already bought a Crafty Gamer candle when I was at GaryCon. I got one of the smaller ones, and it is Lost Monastery, which is bamboo, violet, and cucumber. If you want any of these delicious candles that we've been talking about, there's an affiliate link that you guys can click. If you go to the Crafty Gamer, use the code WRITERSROOM in all capitals for 10% off your order. They hand pour all of their candles and all the candles are soy based. So they're good for you. They smell really good. It's not all candles. My other favorite things that they offer are bottles of incense, all of which are different colors that all look like potion bottles. Yeah. And what you do is you stick a, a little stick in there that absorbs the fragrance and you just leave that out as a no-burn incense. Yeah, it's a oil diffusion. They also have really cool coasters. Their 5e class-based coasters are so cool. They're so cool. The art is phenomenal, and they're all like laser cut, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah, of course you are. You're laser lad. I'm a laser lad. I have my 10 quills dice out right now, both the special bones set that I believe was only available to our listeners. Yes. And maybe we'll be again in the future. We'll definitely be there again in the future. I have new bones coming soon. Oh, new And bones. I do believe Jonah has something to say here as well. Jonah, if you would. Enjoying our pirate adventures and want to sponsor the writer's room yourself? Direct all your inquiries to writersroom7c at gmail.com. That's writer's room, the number seven, T-H-S-E-A, and secure your spot. 
on our future voyages. Won't you join us? Thank you, Jonah. You can find the links to all of our sponsors written in the description of this article, as well as in our link tree, which will bring you to your favorite podcatcher to listen to us, our Ko-fi page if you wish to support us directly, and our various socials. And while you're there, on whatever platform you listen on, consider leaving us a review. It does help the algorithm and get the podcast out to those who might not yet know about our fun pirate adventure. And one last thing before we head back into the episode. While the next scene does have action, it is fundamentally not structured as an action sequence. During this scene, you will not hear us say anything about raises, hero points, or danger points. The mechanics did not fit this. And so, like all good narrators, I let the story speak for itself. And without further ado, let us continue and finish the article. Remember that one you rolled earlier? Yeah. <laughs> the trip to Lunaro really tested your limits, really pushed you, because leaving Aragosta was very easy, and you made very quick time. It took you 12 hours to get past Makaro. You reach Lunaro Island in three days. Jesse, you have pushed yourself beyond the limit of your capabilities. You didn't stop. You especially didn't stop when the savage storm at Lunaro Island nearly made it fatal for you and your crew to navigate through the sandbars. Yeah, and I'd do it again. The sky is black with thick, heavy rain clouds. The rain is coming down in heavy sheets, absolute tarps of rain. The sky lights up in flashes of lightning. The sea is raging. And finally, the camera focuses on the door of Sedona's house. The camera is from your point of view. So the door opens, you walk in, you see briefly the parlor room, and you just turn a corner and walk in. And the first thing you see is not only is Sedona's door open, but Royce is leaned up against the back wall near the windows, looking like hell. He's about as pale as Luciana is. And when you step in, all eyes turn to you. You're soaked. To the bone. The camera looks at Sedona and she is in very bad shape. She does not have much color to her skin anymore. Her eyes are sort of sunken in. You can see the sockets. Her cheeks, the flesh is tight and she's breathing very, very shallow. When you come up to her bedside, you can barely tell that she's breathing. And on the other side of her bed is Miguel. And Raul is kind of standing off to the side, but Miguel is right there holding her hand. And he looks up at you. 
surprised to see you, but also happy to see you, and also sad to see you at the same time. Walk up to everybody else in the room. We got here as quick as we could. Royce just nods. I'll stand back with the rest of them. Jesse does not look at either of them. He's purely looking at his mom. Mom. Jesse, your mom barely twitches her eyes open and her head very slowly turns and she opens her mouth. But between the rain and the thunder and everything, if she is about to speak, you can't hear her unless your ear is right next to her. And she softly calls your name. Hey, Mom. And her finger twitches on her free hand to slowly drag up the sheets and reach for you. He grabs her hand. There's the faintest little twitch of a smirk and a smile that glints in her eyes before she closes them. Mama, you're not leaving. I'm, I'm not done yet. Miguel looks up at you and he's either been crying or is just starting to cry. There are tears glistening at the brimming of his eyes. Jesse, I'm so sorry. How long has she been like this? A few days. She has been withering. We don't know what's happening to her, but she's fading away. I, I need more time. I don't, I don't have him yet. What can we do? There's there has got to be, be something. something. Royce throws up his hands. Tried everything already. It's not a damn thing we can do. Waylon walks over to Jesse's side and just quiet enough. Jesse, don't think there's any more stalling. No. I think we've run out of time. Uh, we, no, 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 we can't. Jesse, That's, Jesse, I've seen what you can do now. I, I can't prevent this myself. I'm not going to do it by yourself. I, I, I can't. I'm going to be right here beside you, okay? There is outside. A bright flash of lightning. And Sedona flinches. It's the most movement you've seen her do the entire time. And while Miguel is right there, coaxing her to calm down, Jesse... All emotion fades from his face, and he looks off with a thousand-yard stare and stands up with Waylon's guidance. And steps forward and walks out of the room and steps outside. Far across the field, you see a figure. Wayland pulls Grayla on the sling around his shoulder and readies the rifle. Jesse puts his hand on Grayla and, like, pushes it down. Stand down, Wayland. Wayland nods their head and rests the rifle on his shoulder. Jesse walks... Our point of view changes to see the rocks of the cliff as small rivers of rainwater cascade over them. We rise and watch a pair of blackened, battered leather boots step away from the edge. Grass and flowers are crushed beneath them, and when they spring back, they wither, turn a sickening gray, and crumble into ash. We rise more, the camera panning out to reveal a pair of loose, tattered slacks tied around the waist of this person with a nasty, discolored sash that more resembles a rag that a chimney sweep would find repulsive. An unsheathed, beaten, and rusted cutlass rattles in its ring, and a hand, ghastly pale and pruned, comes to rest on the gnarled hilt. As we rise further, we see embers 
and snarls of flame fume from a gaping and decaying hole in the center of their chest. The decrepit and disintegrating brown coat burns wherever it touches the scorched, decaying flesh. A black beard, snarled and unruly, drips rainwater and is crusted in places from nodes of sea salt caked within. We see a malicious grin, accenting cheekbones that are as sharp and jagged as Thrandon's spires. White yellow and rotting teeth are illuminated in the lightning from cracked and bleeding lips. His skin is the color of a cadaver left to rot in the ocean, and his eyes are sickly teal irises, swirling within black scleras, sunken deep within the pits that are his sockets. They gleam in the dark, like a foreboding shine of a lighthouse from beneath a matted nest of black hair and a ruined leather tricorn hat with the front tip cut off. A hand missing all of the flesh and muscle comes to stroke the beard, thoughtfully, a few crusts of salt flaking off as the bones clatter and clack together. And Jesse, you stop in front of the Devil Jonah himself. He already is taller than most men at a menacing six foot six, but he angles his head up so that he can sneer down at you. I've come for the rose. I need more time. My patience is worn out. Wayland looks to Jesse, and then looks back to the devil. I don't believe that that was the deal as far as I understand it. He cocks his head over at you and stares at you with such an intensity. Like, you've had she-lords stare at you. Jonah's stare makes you want to rip your soul out and throw it into the ocean. Wayland at this point powers through that feeling and holds fast. The deal was one for one, lad. Not my fault you came empty-handed. <laughs> You're a black hole, Jonah. Haven't you had enough already? He grins, and it's such a wicked curl that it kind of makes your hair stand on end. It's never enough, but the rose will suffice for now. And he moves to walk between you to continue heading towards the house. Jesse steps in front. I won't let you take her, not today, not ever. The devil always gets his due, Jesse. There is the, as Wayland cocks the rifle. Jesse... The Devil Jonah puts his normal hand, not the bony one, on your shoulder and begins to push you. Can Jesse push him back? You can try. He shoves him back. How about we settle this another way? (laughs) I'm disinclined to acquiesce your request. Jesse will unsheath Bramble and slash at Jonah. You slice at him and you make contact and you cut him. He does not bleed, and he continues to walk as if nothing happened. He recoils after a slash and runs, brings his hand down to look like as if he's sheathing, and from his gloved hand grabs the blade and unsheaths it from his hand in a way. And when he does, the blade is wreathed in fire, comes up and slashes, and there's a plume of flame that engulfs Jonah. Jonah rushes Jesse, 
grabs the blade with the bony hand and forces it out of yours. He's not letting go of it. He takes the hand at the wrist. Your hand and glove come free, and he tosses the sword across the field. As Jesse comes up with the burning blade, Wayland is behind Jonah now and has it trained, remembers exactly where the pit of that burning in his chest is, and fires through the back. Jonah turns around, takes the bullet directly in the chest. We see this spark flames. There's a flash of lightning. Wayland, he's gone. In the second of the flash, he is in front of you and has Grayla by the muzzle and is bending the metal. Jesse snaps his fingers and there's a gust of wind and the blade and his glove return onto his arm and he jumps on Jonah's back and pulls him backwards. And as that happens, Wayland pulls out a pistol, puts it right up underneath Jonah's chin and fires. Wayland... He doesn't fucking flinch. He grabs you by the throat, lifts you above him. Let him go, you fucking bastard. When the light leaves those pretty eyes of theirs. And he continues to choke you. Jesse reaches his hand up, wraps onto what looks to be thin air, and pulls a bolt of lightning down onto Jonah. Jonah's holding Wayland up high. And the bolt of lightning comes down and the camera is blinded. And when it finally comes back from that blindness, Jonah is holding the bolt of lightning in his other hand. We can't play the song and dance all day, boy. And turns around quickly as the bolt of lightning gets thrown. Jesse's already on the other side of him, thanks to Step of the Wind. And he goes to slash at a hand that is holding Wheeland. Your quarrel's with me, not him. He reaches and grabs Jonah's wrist and with the left hand pulls up a pistol and green like crackling energy travels up his left hand into the barrel and fires through. I don't have time for your games. Jonah takes Wayland and shoves him bodily into you. And turns and continues to walk towards the house, unabated. Fast start! Jesse's eyes begin to darken, and he is breathing heavily, and he's near wits, and and runs back up to Jonah and jumps. As Jesse runs forward, Wayland rushes Jonah, grabs him by the waist, swings around, and pulls him into a half-Nelson. That is enough! There's a flash of lightning, there is thunder, and there is a wave of energy that erupts from Jonah. Question. Answer. Was that sorcery? No. Fuck. And in a flash of lightning, he is gone. (sighs) What? Jesse falls into you. And when you both look up to try and find him, he's at the house about to walk in the door. Jonah, stop! Only one way to stop me now, Captain. I'm I'm close. I'm so close. Not close enough. I've got new leads. New information. I have... Jesse, you've got nothing. 
Wayland is looking at you, Jesse. Eyes locked. Wayland, I don't have him yet. Don't have who, Jesse? And Jonah's boot crosses the threshold of Sedona's door. Jonah, I'm closer than I've ever been. Ever. Jonah stops, tilts his head just enough to give us a profile, and grins. Is that right? A flash of lightning. And Jonah is standing in front of you once more, Jesse. Last chance, Jesse. Are you willing to trade your mother for Samuel Flint? You will never take anything from me again. <laughs> Unicances always pay your dues. It's a pleasure doing business with you. Jonah's skeletal hand lays on Wayland's shoulder. Come now, Samuel. The Black Freighter awaits. Jesse, Wayland is just looking at you, and a myriad of emotions cross their face in an instant. There is shock, there is confusion, there is pain and guilt. And understanding is the last one. And a sad smile crosses Wayland's face. I'm sorry, Jesse. All of the blood escapes his face, and the camera pulls in close to watch his eyes widen. Wayland, I'm so sorry. Jonah laughs. (laughs) One final flash of lightning and both of them are gone. He walks to the cliff's edge and drops to his knees. Wayland. Why? Why? Lovely listeners and friends, is the end of the first manifest of La Rosa Blanca, Down Among the Dead Men. Dang. Oh, holy shit, we did it! Fuck yeah, we did the thing! Dang, we're here. Shall we have a toast to the ending of this? Here's your teeth. Yeah! I hate doing that. To everything not being your fault anymore, Patrick. (laughs) Yay! It's not my fault anymore! (laughs) To the ending of our first season. Fuck yes. Slancha. Cheers, everybody. Oh! (sighs) Fuck yeah, gang. We did it. We absolutely did. Thank you for joining us in telling this epic story. But fret not. Although the story of La Rosa Blanca has ended for now... We'll be back soon, for there are more tales on New Horizons. But until then, we'll see you next time, friends. Farewell for now, and all together now, be Be safe safe and and well. well.